Welcome to season two, Story Brigade. Want to try that again? Sure, sure, sure. Okay. Welcome to the Story Brigade. Story Brigade. Oh, shoot. I think that's a great opening. Take three. Okay, welcome to... Season two, Story Brigade. You got the gist. Uh, this is we're telling stories, more yep. crazy combos, yep. more spin more, wheel combos, more spin wheel things, more guests, more guests. Not that more is better. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, yeah. We'll have it's more, it's, it's more it in better. a controlled, concise environment. Yes. <laughs> Welcome it's aboard. Great <laughs> Welcome aboard. And we're back. We're back to the story brigade. Story brigade. Uh, wow, this is this this was a long time coming. Um, on this episode, we're joined by Gus Pewe. Say hello, Gus. Hey, everybody. Hey. Haters. <laughs> Thanks, Gus. Yeah. What a great intro. Yeah, that was that, that was that was fantastic. That might be our best intro yet. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, uh, welcome aboard, Gus. You know more about movies than I think either of us ever will. I'm um, not sure about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we'll put that to the test this time. Um, so, yeah, shall we, uh, should we just jump right in? Let's dive in. Also, just if anyone can hear weird tapping <laughs> when we talk. Yeah, we apologize. And it's a ghost. It's a ghost <laughs> writing their memoir. Uh, and... <laughs> It took us an hour to get Gus on, and so we're just like, we're going to try it. So we hope it's not that. The truth yeah, is, the just... people at Anchor at .fm make a great product. <laughs> that is the truth. It's only worked the 30-sometimes we've done it so Yeah, well. yeah. Kind of. Um, All right, okay, so, so Gus. Yes. Do, you, do you have a, a genre for us, or should we just... Uh... Spin well, the what are the rules here? Can you spin first, and then I could pick one if I want to? Nope. Nope. Oh, Christ. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You gotta, you gotta do it first. Um. All right. Mm, mm, the pressure's on. Um. Well, th- you don't I have to. a couple you things. I'd rather have okay. some control here. So. Well, you know, magic realism is my wheelhouse a little bit. Ooh. Does that come up at all? Magical realism? No, I don't even no. have that on the spin wheel. That's perfect. All right, let's okay. Do it. Number one, magical, magical realism. Magical realism. Okay. <laughs> let's, uh, let's spin here for number two. Spin that wheel. Spin that wheel. Spin that wheel. Revenge. Whoa. Whoa. Okay. Magical Wait, just... realism revenge. Just straight Gus, up sounds... revenge story. <laughs> it almost sounds like the Big West. I yeah. Uh, I originally put revenge on there because I am a big fan of the Count of Monte Cristo, the late 90s one. So good. Okay, so why don't we break down these? Gus, can you break down magical realism? <laughs> like, if you know of any magical realism films that we can use as a basis or like what it constitutes? Um, well, I can't think of any <laughs> great examples of films off the top of my head right now, but, um, <laughs> fantastic. Well, no, Beasts of the Southern Wild. Yeah. Kinda, yeah, that's uh, true. Magical realism-ish. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit. Fun, I suppose. It's got a little so, bit. So what are, what are some of the, the tropes and, and 
things or that, aspects, yeah, it's aspects like the, that you find. Typically, the, the modern world of whatever era the work mm. was made, and then uh, it's a, a realist take. But then, so like a uh, people will float, or there'll be some like little fantastical okay. element there that like uh, has usually has something to do with um, like the inner world of the protagonist or whatever. Okay, right. interesting. Cool. Yeah, I was introduced to it in um a hundred years of solitude. I don't know. I, I remember you mentioning that, but that's yeah. that's a novel, right? It is a novel. I okay. think there's a movie called uh, Colossal with like Jason Sudeikis and uh Oh Yes. Yes. Okay, and, so that um, would that Anne would, Hathaway. Yeah, so that would be confusing. Yeah, I wanted to say Anne Hathaway, but that seemed wrong, but I guess that was her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was a surprisingly uh, dark movie. <laughs> Yeah, that one. That's a good example, I guess, yeah. where the, it's about their relationship, but there's giant kaiju on either side of the globe. <laughs> it out, yeah. Um, okay, so then, uh, so then we've got revenge, which, yeah, originally I was thinking of Count of Monte Cristo because I just love that, uh, love that film so much. Um, <laughs> I guess Is that I, one I if... Corman produced or no. Uh, no, well, so there have been a lot of Count of Monte Cristos. This is the uh, uh, the 1990s one that I, I oh, forget okay. who did it, or maybe it was early 2000s, but it's got Guy Pierce um, as as the bad guy. Um, Ed, uh, no, shoot, it's Edmund Dantes and oh, who's the bad guy? He's got such a good name, anyway. Yeah, um. So okay, so where where do we start with this? I mean, what what are some magical realist aspects that we could apply to revenge stories? Hmm. <laughs> Not everyone <laughs> or, jump in at once. Or we could think of what revenge thing, because Gus, you were talking about how it's modern day, right? But it doesn't have to be whatever oh, yeah. it is. But like that's pretty sick. I mean, the first thing I thought mm. of was like a revenge taking place in a city with ma- magical realists aspects which i thought was a cool yeah. idea but it could also be somewhere else you just need some revenge also guys i don't know if you've listened to the podcast a lot but oftentimes <laughs> or sometimes we take like literal like almost exact just copies of <laughs> actual movies <laughs> yeah. and just like twist them together adapt adjust finagle twist um i think so, okay, actually let's, oh, let's start yeah. oh i mean well so Magical realism. One of the things I, I think of all the time is uh, the Winter's Tale by Mark Helprin. The novel. oh yeah, um, and we're not talking about movie. a city. Yeah, not, not the movie. I don't know if, if you've you've heard of that, Gus, but it's basically a story of New York uh-huh. that's just like the, weird and strange and magical, and there are angels, and there's a white horse that is that can jump entire city blocks. And... Yeah, and. Uh, and this guy like goes through time and everything. Um, but Pretty we could cool. do something uh, in, a, in a city. Uh, where, where are you feeling I'm this with... should take place, guys? I don't know. I think yeah. that for... it should be simple. And I'm thinking uh, uh, some, uh, a grudge against a neighbor. <laughs> I love it. Perfect. I love it. So what um, is what are they trying to get revenge on their neighbor for? I don't know. Um, hmm. What's... Do, do so. Do we want to make it comically simple or small? We want to make it like a serious, actual revenge thing, because we we could go as small as like 
they backed up over their pumpkin before Halloween or something. Like, you know, ridiculously, like, you do not need to get over the top for this. Or we could go full revenge and make it, like, a serious, dark thing. Um, let's go Fargo with it. Okay. <laughs> yes! Oh, my God! Oh, perfect. So, like, a magical, realist version of Fargo. Yeah. We'll, we'll figure out what the weird thing is as we go, but let's... Right. What happened in Fargo? I don't know. I just mean, like... Small, yeah, yeah, small yeah, town, yeah, yeah. Like simple problems. Like that. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super gets out blows, of hand. Blows out of control. So, so someone's trying to get revenge and maybe starts with something very small that they try to do to their neighbor who irked them, and then mm-hmm. it just goes wrong, and it just gets worse and worse and worse, and they're trying to cover up their problems throughout. <laughs> but it, but it, it hits that magical realist aspect of. Uh, Honestly, I'm almost thinking like Guillermo del Toro level of like spookiness. Or I guess I guess do, you... do we want to go spooky or more? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, because magical what realism isn't isn't necessarily like spooky. It's literally just like strange mm. things that everyone acts as normal, right? Right. That's kind of what you're talking about. Yeah. Guess? Mm-hmm. Or they don't. Even yeah. Need so to like, take it as normal, but there's just something. Um... Right. Something up. Like the uh <laughs> like the world is normal, but the, the this every month the sun is an A one one day. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of thing. Like a weird world detail. It has something to do with something later on. Right. Oh, I like that. I like that. Oh, it's it's kinda like in Magnolia. It's a normal story until frogs. Yeah, frogs rain, that's a good example too. Right, fogs rain from the sky. Although that's actually been documented. Has it? Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. yeah. That's a real thing. What? <laughs> yeah, huh. it's a real thing. You know, I'll bring that's this up just because I want to talk about Petey Weedstraw, the devil's son-in-law. But um... <laughs> <laughs> can, can, yes. you, can you give some, some background on yeah. that? Well, Connor, do we watch any Rudy Ray Moore films? or were we, were we... No, we. I remember you talking about Petey Weedstraw and the no, devil's son-in-law. Watched and like two days, two oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> that's How a crazy it? film that's great <laughs> that's amazing nuts. can, can oh you uh can, can you send over a list of uh of these films so i can uh, put them in the description of the yeah, episode for sure. awesome um they'll, they'll sound the cool. devil's son yeah it's just a beautiful rhyme <laughs> pd wheat straw the devil's son-in-law oh my yeah. god it's so good but, what uh yeah so so what, what in what that film pd wheat straw is a uh traveling comedian and he's booked a show in LA and it, it was made in like 78 I think maybe 79 okay yeah and um there's this rival comedy duo named uh, Leroy and Skillet <laughs> and they borrow a bunch of money from some white investor and they better have a successful show and make a profit or else um uh you know this guy come after they're gonna yeah. come after him but they're worried about pd being so funny and popular oh my god so they uh they they hire some henchmen to go rough rough him up a bit or something but what <laughs> they do is they bring a gun <laughs> <laughs> to some guy's house that has something to do tangentially with the club operation and they actually they, when they're trying to shoot some guy i don't, I don't know how that's roughing him up but they try to shoot some guy. They wound up shooting <laughs> the kid brother. 
then there's this horribly painful, like heart wrenching child death scene. <laughs> comes out of left field. It's been a goofy romp the whole time. And then at the funeral of the brother, the, the henchmen show up again with machine guns and mow everybody down. Oh my god! At the funeral, which is also shocking, including Petey Wheatstraw. What? So he dies, but then he goes to hell or something, and he meets the devil, and then the devil reverses the machine gun massacre, and the henchmen don't know about it. And then the rest of them, well, no, not the this next act is them like ruining Leroy and Skillet's show. And the third act is him trying to get out of the deal with the devil. Because he agreed to wow. marry the devil's daughter as uh, part of the reversal deal. And he really doesn't want to marry the devil's daughter. No, because she's very ugly. He, the, the devil <laughs> takes out a like a also eleven by seventeen headshot of her. That he <laughs> and then Petey Wheatstraw looks at it and he goes, "No way, man! <laughs> Hell no!" This sounds amazing. Yeah. Okay, okay. I, I I have something I want to want to throw out there. So I only thought of that because the the the, the out of hand tragedy that strikes at the <laughs> about thirty minutes into that film. It's the only scene where it's like, oh, this isn't funny. Don't. <laughs> I don't want to linger on this shot of his brother doing anymore. This is... <laughs> what if insane uh, film so, made so, by so, people who uh, clearly were having a blast and. <laughs> didn't care much about it's just they just had to shoot enough to be 90 minutes <laughs> yeah there, i love it let's do it anyway I, I'm, I bring um, that up only because the i the, the twist it was so yeah such a powerful like what the, so maybe some <laughs> some tragedy can get out of hand maybe it starts with like so some money so if it is a neighbor uh, lawnmower uh, so yeah, I, I, I have a I have a thought I want to throw out there. Okay. Just uh, just as something was, um, what if because uh, I like I like the idea of the devil. So I'm just throwing this out there. But what if if it's two neighbors bickering with each other? The kind of magical realist aspect is the devil is a realtor selling houses in that neighborhood or that like development, and so it's just kind of this peripheral thing where the devil's just kind of like pops in and is like showing some of these houses while these two neighbors are getting revenge on each other and it spirals out of hand like you said yeah uh into i was thinking death well, and mayhem i don't know if the i was that's funny you say that because i was picturing when we first were talking about magic realism i was picturing like little cartoon imps like over their shoulders <laughs> oh oh yeah, yeah yeah that would be amazing oh that would be great so maybe it's a it's a normal a story weird? other than the two neighbors always maybe not always but they they have uh, imps, imps that like crawl up their back and tell them what to do. <laughs> or what if what, what if even weirder? It's like instead of having dogs, they have like hellhounds or or gargoyles or something. So it's like it's like or or even if the imps on the shoulder, they just like they treat it like you know they go down in the morning and, and feed it food, and uh, you know. Do do kind of normal pet things, but oh, yeah, that might be interesting. They they keep uh, you know pressuring them to do some questionable stuff. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's common to have a, a devil imp as a household pet. <laughs> it's yeah yeah exactly. It's 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 the normal norm in that. Uh, in, in that, that area. would actually be funny if it's normal in the area and they also get their humans to do just awful stuff. 
Yeah. So like oh. everyone in the town is like, "Oh, how's your imp doing?" And they're like, "Oh, they broke the shades again." <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, classic. <laughs> oh man, I I try I like, try to train go break him, his lawnmower. Sometimes I think he's training me. <laughs> yeah. Or it's like oh, I just told me to break their lawnmower, <laughs> and I bet because why not? Yeah. <laughs> and then they're still feeding him like as a thank you. It's like yeah, that'd be so weird. <laughs> I don't want to get too lost in the weeds with the imp details, but I do like the idea of like a true imp chow. <laughs> <laughs> or okay, okay. Yeah. So in theory, there's mm-hmm. there's two neighbors, and there's some thing that leads to potentially a devastating scene <laughs> that then kind of changes the course of the film. Yeah. Uh, and then and then it's kind of figuring out the the way back from yeah. there yeah or or not back from there <laughs> or not just, back. Yeah. it just gets worse and worse and worse so what what could this this grievance be between these two neighbors um i think yeah. one guy lo- borrowed uh 200 bucks from the other <laughs> i like yeah. it and, um, and then they never paid it back. Yeah, like they, there's still a grievance about, um, and maybe the guy who loaned the money is borrowing the lawnmower of the other guy. So they they're kind of having a standoff. <laughs> mm. and, and he so he borrows the lawnmower and then won't return it because yeah, the guy hasn't given bucks. him his two hundred bucks yeah. back. That's. Awesome. <laughs> But then maybe I think so. It's like a hostage lawnmower, like it runs over some rocks, or well, maybe maybe then the other person like poisons the lawn so there's no grass to mow. Well, the imp could also tell him to break the lawnmower. Yeah, <laughs> true. Which make which actually makes more sense from a kind of like an absurdist perspective of like you want your lawnmower back, but you break it so the other person can't use it. <laughs> Well, because he's like gonna give it back, and then the guy won't give him money. So he's like, "Them's like, well, if he's not gonna oh, give you the money, you might as well that break is. it. Why don't you run over those rocks and destroy the? Blade? Why don't you just run over those rocks? Just turn left. <laughs> just hang a left. You know you want to. Yeah. <laughs> so then, when the lawnmower is out of the picture, the other guy goes, "Well, I don't. I'm not gonna come up with two hundred bucks. I'm just gonna kill him." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Or, or along the lines of the movie you were saying, he could hire someone to like get the two hundred, or the other person could hire someone to get the two hundred back, and then that could devolve. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where, no. where that guy, you know, oversteps yeah, his bounds be or something. Well, That's I... too big of an absurdist jump, even for this story. <laughs> I mean, I'm not against for, it. for killing him. I actually, because I, I actually really like the idea of it being a revenge story of the person whose lawnmower gets broken. Yeah. <laughs> So, like, following that person yeah. and that, like, they're trying to get revenge for the lawnmower, even though they're the ones who caused yeah, it they're originally because the they the didn't 200, pay back right? the 200 yeah, bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they owe the 200, but they're like, you broke my lawnmower. I'm going to come after you. And they're like, yeah. you you owe me money. It's like, doesn't matter. So, so what, what if he uh So he, he could hire some people to go. To go break his, the other guys. Break the kneecaps of the, the guy who yes. broke the lawnmower. <laughs> yeah, and then the Steve Buscemi that he hires, uh, Bach, and uh, um, 
<laughs> so what what happens when he botches know, it? How does that not killing his younger brother? <laughs> <laughs> what if what if what if when what if he kills the Dude, other guy? The imp. Oh wait, what? He kills the imp? Oh. And he kills the guy and he kills the imp and somehow that's like a huge faux pas and everyone's like, Oh shoot. <laughs> what even yeah, happens now? Like killing, I was gonna say it's uh, sort of like uh isn't John Wick's just about him getting revenge for On his, his dog. dog. Yeah. yeah. His dog. Yeah. Okay. Here's here's the thing. So what if the imps are like constantly telling you what, like you know bad stuff to do, and yeah. so then when he loses his imp, he goes into this like spiral of like, okay, you know what would the imp tell me to do? And he like takes it to like he makes like a list of like because he... these are things the imp could tell me to do because he doesn't have an imp to tell him. Yeah. And so he takes it way too far. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it would be weird, like too weird that the world's like if you don't have an imp telling you what to do, you don't know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> I I kind of like that. What do you think, Gus? I'm that... thinking like uh, it's a little bit like Blade Runner, where if you have a real animal, oh. it's like a status thing. So like, I don't know. Yeah. So if you don't have an imp, it it's <laughs> so that he pretends to have an imp. Oh my god! <laughs> Go, going forward, <laughs> like a stuffed imp that he's like. Oh, no, no. He's like trying to get oh, to tell him stuff. My imp's in the other room. What was that you said to do? Close the door. Okay. I had the image yeah. of the, the existing yeah. imp uh, wrapping itself up into a cocoon and turning into a moth by the end. I don't know what that's about, but. Ooh. <laughs> I like, like that. That's a satisfactory ending image somehow. But... I think that should probably be the one of the one who's getting the revenge. Yeah. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, I feel like they're both getting revenge on each other back and forth. That's true. Because right now we have one of them lent 200 bucks and the other one got the lawnmower. Yeah. Then the guy didn't give the 200 bucks back, so he doesn't give the lawn or he breaks the lawnmower. Yeah. So then to get revenge on the lawnmower, he sends the guy to break the guy's kneecaps. Right. But then he accidentally kills the imp. Right. Or puts the imp in a cocoon. Well, no, yeah. if he kills the imp, then the, the imp over... Well, yeah, the imp on the other side is so distraught about what he's done that he goes into a cocoon. And now you have two people without him. Oh, yeah. That would be pretty crazy. And then they're <laughs> literally, like, kind of going crazy because they don't have their imps telling them what to do. And instead of doing good things, they do worse and worse things. Like, I like the imps as a metaphor for... Like corporate <laughs> culture telling you to buy things. <laughs> so then when they're dead, Fair enough. So then when they're dead, they're like, I don't know what to do. No one's telling me to do anything. <laughs> so what happens to them? Well, it was just the, the one guy. And I liked the fact that he kind of goes nuts without someone telling him what to do. And then he'd probably take it too far and try to do something to the guy with the 200 bucks. Yeah, is this only taking us to, like, act two? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. It's it's literally... So maybe he maybe he goes out and gets a new imp. Can you just buy a new it's imp? It's not that easy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's that easy. I feel like it's... A... So, so maybe, but maybe that's act two, is him trying to get a new imp. Or, How do no, you get no, a new I imp? like what you were saying, Carson, where he's pretending to have an imp. In, in Act 2, okay. where he's, he's like, either, like, it's in the other room, and that would be super funny, like, him just pretending there's an imp. 
or like ways to <laughs> pretend there's an imp, like going out to the grocery store without an imp, yeah. and everyone else. It's like in um the thing I'm thinking about is uh his Dark Materials trilogy. I don't know if you know much about that, Gus. Mm. The Golden right. Compass, where they've got demons, like oh, every person, yeah. yeah, has their demons, and so if they go to a place where a person doesn't have a demon, they're like, it's like not having a head. So that's what I keep imagining, where yeah. it's like he doesn't have an imp anymore, and <laughs> how does he go to the grocery store? Like, are people gonna like freak out and faint if they see it? I don't know. I thought that was funny. There's a, uh, isn't there a montage in Bicycle Thieves where everybody has a bike? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> where they're just like there. looking back and forth. Yeah, and everyone everybody's got one of these cool golems crawling wait, on their back wait Gus you mm. know we could also have that montage with some like sad like country music over it or something yeah <laughs> uh, that would be so funny or like the raindrops not the raindrops keep falling on my head but like what a sad he, version of what that. if he decides to kidnap his neighbor's imp and then <gasps> oh yes oh my yes! god <laughs> and then when it's uh, when, when it's away from its owner it cocoons itself because it's uh so then neither of them have an imp yeah oh my god that's brilliant someone i i think so someone needs to end up in a wood chipper (laughs) not to be dark but you mentioned fargo at the beginning and it's been in my head this whole time what's happening with i did call the henchman and see buscemi yeah he's (laughs) got to be there so he accidentally kills the imp does he feel really badly that he killed the imp what it what if his imp leaves him out of out of solidarity? And so that's all three of them without him trying <laughs> to. Uh, I feel like yeah, Steve Steve Buscemi. Like, but would it would it be I... better if the Steve Buscemi character was, or I just like, what if the Steve Buscemi character was like a normal guy? at like the grocery store or something that he's just like I need to hire you to go break this guy's knees he's like I don't really do that kind of thing he's like no no it'll be fine I'll just give you this $200 and then his imp his imp was like yes do it do it it's $200 that would be so funny if he paid that guy $200 and not gave it back to the guy (laughs) (laughs) if he paid the the guy oh my god Steve Buscemi yeah I, I honestly I see Steve Buscemi as kind of just a side plot that's kind of unrelated every once in a while we cut back to him and it's just this like quiet lonely story of of the the repercussions of him killing of an imp <laughs> yeah exactly okay so how far does that take us in the story guys i think that takes us to the third act just the beginning of the third act if they're all three down on their luck that sounds like the end of act two to me yeah, end of end of act two. Well, I think yeah, because I it's like the end of the first act, the imp dies, is yep. what it seems like it would be, mm-hmm. and then the end of this, then the whole second act would be figuring out. Well, then the second imp goes away, and then mm-hmm. the two of them or the three of them having to deal with not having imps, which I guess is a terrible just overarching thing for act two, but. <laughs> And then Act 3, something would have to... Well, Act 2, they, they'd either have to be trying to do something, like getting imps back or something. I don't know. The one character still has one, technically, but it's cocooned. In, uh... It's cocooned. <laughs> well, and it's been stolen. Yeah, and, and it's stolen. Yeah, he doesn't know what's... Maybe so he doesn't know. 
So, <laughs> so may, maybe they're trying to find out what a cocoon means. Like they call up an expert to to see if anyone's ever had a, a cocoon themselves before. <laughs> would it? Would it be weird if? Yeah, the cocoon is so strange that they like team up to try and figure it out. Or would they still be revenging each other? What if the the guy whose cocoon died goes to Steve Buscemi to to like hire him to find out what's going on with the cocoon, not realizing it's the person who killed the imp in the first place? And draws him back into the circle. Oh my god. He like goes to him and is like, hey, I'll I'll pay you. I hear you know some stuff about imps. Uh can, can you? I'll pay you if you can find out what's going on with this cocooned imp. <laughs> yeah, I I still think uh, it would be funny if like people. Yeah, they keep coming to see Buscemi, and he's like, "I'm not, I'm not an expert in any of this stuff." And they're like, "No, no, no, I want to pay you to find out about this thing." And he's like, yeah. "All right." He's hard on his luck, and he'll do whatever job. I guess I could do that. Yeah, so, yeah for a couple bucks. So, so how? So how? How does it end then? What? What does he find out? What does the cocoon mean? Well, and I what think there's the, got to the be some rivalry then, because he's stolen his imp, right? Yeah. So then maybe that yeah. one guy is. So the guy whose imp died is freaked out that the mm-hmm. other imp turned into a cocoon. The guy whose imp got stolen yep. is now trying to steal the imp back from the guy yep. who stole it from him. And then Steve Buscemi is trying to figure out what a cocoon imp means. So right. Steve Buscemi works for both of them at certain points? Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I feel like there, there should be some scenario at the end where it's like Steve Buscemi comes with the answer and shows up at the door the the guy who's we should we really should have given these guys names a while ago. I don't um, drawn out a chart so, to remember like who did what. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Do you want to come a up big, with some a names? Big circle. Guess? Um, Other than Steve Buscemi. Yeah, so we got Steve Buscemi. Um, yep. And then uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Michael and Arnold. All right, who's who? <laughs> Michael and um, Arnold. Whose imp gets killed? I think uh, Arnold. Arnold borrows the mower. Yeah. yeah, Arnold borrows the Arnold. mower. Okay, Arnold borrows the mower and gets his imp killed, and Michael didn't pay him the yeah. 200 bucks. That sounds like a Michael thing to do. No offense to Michael's. So Michael. Yeah. Out there. <laughs> um, so, so anyway, so then at the end... Wait, so if, then I was just saying, like, Buscemi... I think part of it then also has to be Michael trying to get the imp back from Arnold. That's like a little bit of a plot in Arnold trying to... Yeah, yeah. Right, right. So, so, so I'm saying third act, Steve Buscemi shows up knowing what the, the, the cocoon is, is supposed to be. Uh, Michael is, is, try, is like sneaking over the house to, to get the, the cocoon back and they all kind of show up there at the same time. But then Michael sees Steve Buscemi and thinks that he's double-crossing yeah. him. And uh, 
maybe Steve Buscemi's about to explain what the cocoon means and Michael accidentally kills him. So we never actually find out what the cocoon means. It's just, Wait, it's how just one of those things. Uh... You know, well, no, no, it could be him. no, it I could be know. where they um, like Michael breaks into the house and is like hunting down Arnold in his house, yep. and they're like doing a cat and mouse, and then it it culminates oh. in them fight, like even just them both holding the impact and just like ah no, <laughs> like both shaking, and then yeah. they knock into something that falls over as Steve Buscemi opens the door and it whacks him. <laughs> and Wait, he just he, dies. House are they in? And he's out. They're in Arnold's house. They're in Arnold's, Arnold's really house. Wailing too. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got he's got two cross harpoons on over his uh, mantle. I mean that's that's what I was imagining actually. Like it could be like in Christmas Vacation that we just watched, where there's like the scene. I don't know if you've ever seen it, Gus. Christmas yeah. Vacation. You said yeah. we just watched. I, I didn't just watch that film. I, I get that. I apologize. Carson <laughs> and I just watched Car- it. Car- the Carson uh, and I just watched. When he's hanging off of a off of a gutter and then it falls and then they just do this absurdist like the the ice just shoots out straight in like an implausibly straight line into the neighbor's window. Um, and I was thinking we could do something like that where they fall something and they knock something and then the harpoon just goes Shoo! and just like oh, yeah. just like straight straight through him. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and then yeah. it turns okay. into a butterfly so, and flies or, or away. <laughs> yeah, then the a bu- butterfly or a moth. Uh, yeah, you a moth. said a moth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, okay, moth a moth and flies away into the night <laughs> as they watch it. <laughs> yeah, they're they're like. They're... So so what happened? What happens? And then the best thing the would be they if the moth says, "You dickheads," and then flutters away. <laughs> <laughs> Just the two survivors uh, in shock, and then they watch the imp cocoon hatch, and it, it it flutters away to the moon. There you go. That's it. Is that is, is that the is, end? Do, yep. do we end it there? The do end. we see what happens nope. to Michael and Arnold? No. Nope. Do do we do a, a classic like nineteen sixties freeze frame on each or eighties freeze frame on each of them where it tells you what happens to them? No, that's the tone. No, it's literally just the the butterfly flying <laughs> up to the moon, and they're looking up at it. Actually, Gus, okay. I don't know if you know that I I'm imagining the rat catcher random scene. Oh that, yeah, where the yeah that's the mouse goes up to the moon. Yeah, Lynn Ramsey. Mm-hmm. Lynn Ramsey. For for people who don't know, the rat catcher is. Oh, I thought you were going to answer that. <laughs> oh nope. Oh, you're saying your people who don't know. Uh, Lynn, uh, uh, yeah. It's a Lynn, yeah, Lynn Ramsey film. Lynn Ramsey is awesome. 1999, I think. Mm. About yeah, a wow. garbage strike in mm. Scotland. It's it's gorgeous. Oh wow! Okay, I think yeah, yeah. yeah. But there's uh, like a little, there's yeah, a little okay. magical I'll, realism. I'll, I'll put a with, a, a, with a mouse because someone ties his mouse to a balloon, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, and so there's it just rat. floats up into the sky, or his rat, and he yeah. watches mm. it, and then there's a scene where he imagines it, or it, it yeah, imaginatively just, appears on the moon. Um, astronaut rat. On the moon or something, yeah, yeah, and then there's like a bunch of my rats on the moon, and you're like, okay, <laughs> I think yeah, that's the only enough. sequence like that in the whole okay. film, too. It is, yeah, and I only know it because Andy showed it to us, yeah. And I was like, wow, this whole movie looks so cool, and then the rest of the movie's not like that, but I never watched the whole movie yet. <laughs> really, didn't we, we didn't watch the whole thing, uh, in class? no, maybe I did later. 
You did. Oh, yeah, for, did. for those yeah. listening, Connor and Connor and we went to film school, school together. together. That's, yeah. uh, high school. Film school together. High school. Yeah. All right. Up in the, I'm the actually really liking this ending um, of this ending. It yeah. seems very pointy yeah, yeah. and uh, I think works works well. So so let's let's talk uh, poster and okay. title. Oh yeah. What uh, title what title guess. are we feeling? Mm. Mm. Oh. Uh, over your oh shoulder. Gosh. Yeah, let's see. Um, uh, I was thinking of like it's a little bit of a comedy, but it's also imptastic. No. <laughs> 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 yes, I got. I got a firm Mike, no. Michael and Perfect. Arnold's <laughs> something <laughs> wacky vacation. That's us. <laughs> Three days at Michael and Arnold's. Just give him the two hundred. Michael and Arnold's descent into um, I don't know. No, we we can figure this out. Hold Michael on. and Arnold's descent Cro- into madness. Crossed, crossed harpoons. <laughs> um, yeah. I was just thinking either it would be Become an imp pun mm. or something better. Um. It depends on if you want to go like Stevie Weedshaw, the devil's son-in-law. Yeah. Or if you want something yeah. like that. Neighbors. That's a movie. That's all I got. That's, That's all I got. a movie already. <laughs> Seth Rogen plays, yeah. um, plays Michael. Different kind of film. Different name. Don't don't let your neighbor borrow your lawnmower. And maybe at the beginning it opens with someone saying that, like, uh, "Don't let your what neighbor this, borrow." What things. this actually reminds me of? Oh, what was it? Um, Carson, one of our friends, Sam Dunawald, back at college, made a movie. It was a short film, and it reminds me a lot of. Uh, Have I seen it? I don't know. Shoot, I don't remember what it's called. But it reminds me a lot of this because it's literally these two guys who are trying to bad, oh, boy, bad doubles. boy doubles. I don't know. It seemed kind of yeah. like that because they were basically that just a couple of losers who try to like ch- uh, cheat a uh, foosball tournament and like throw it so they'll make a bunch of money in order to pay back these thugs. And then it all goes terribly wrong and they just end up right back where they started. Uh, at the end, but, but, but just, even worse, yeah, off. slightly worse off. So, it, bad boy doubles seem like a good, I don't know, something along those lines. Yeah, mm. yeah. Neighbors, like, like something, something next Her- door is the title. Ooh, Ooh. okay. The imp, the next devil door. next door. The imp next door. Imp, imp next door. Ah. Uh, that's a Imp weird enough door. Title. Let's see. I I kind of like the Devil Next Door, like, but it, it it brings to mind yeah, a very different movie. Yeah, it's also an already um, movie somehow. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. uh, the is something next door. So, uh, yeah, I do like that. Something next door. The schmuck next door. It would it would be funny. The jerk next door. What if you the whaler had, um... next door? Uh, it was like Arnold Nextdoor, but like Nextdoor is like 
his name. So it's like <laughs> N-E-X-T-O-R. <laughs> it's just called like Arnold Nextor or something. <laughs> you're like, if you say it fast, you're like, oh, Arnold Nextor. that's a thing. But, uh, or something like that. Just the way we've been saying it at Seaplay. I, I, I do actually, that's pretty funny. Arnold Nextor. Next and you're just like, that's weird. But then, yeah, I don't know if anyone realizes it's enough of a pun. Is he the main character? Or... Right. He's like, not even, but it doesn't, you know, <laughs> does it matter? <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, He's like kind of the main character, yeah. I think. Fiend, I'm trying to think of a, a Fiend is kind of a. Oh, yeah. Fiend next door? Fiend. The Fiend next door? Fiends. I, I kind of like that. Next door yeah, Fiends. We, we call fiends. them imps fiends. Next yeah. door fiends. With, fiend, Next with door fiends, fiends like these. Yeah. <laughs> or fiends like these. Was that what you said, Carson? Yeah, yeah. With, with, with fiends like these. Or it dot, could just dot, be dot. fiends next door. Yeah. Fiends sure. next door. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Because you don't know if they're talking about the, the Michael and Arnold or their, their literal imps. Yeah. I like it. Right. Yeah. Fiends next door. No, or no, the fiends, fiends next, next door, door yeah. or just fiends next door? Just fiends next door. Okay. Fiends next door. What's the poster? Um, guess I'm going to rely on you. It's a... Uh, it's a lawnmower. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Between two houses, maybe um, smoking That's... on fire, and then there's uh, one of those uh, crawling... You can, it's like gremlins or the uh, ghoulies. With yes, on like the yes. handle or something, or yeah. up from the back. Yes, critters. Wait, can can our fiends look like like old handmade puppets, like the gremlins? You know, just have that. Yeah, they could have a Ray to them, You know, that like stickiness. Oh my god! Yeah, Ray Harryhausen. Gus, that's yeah. the most amazing poster. I think that's um, the fastest we've ever come up with. Well, that's great. Yeah, two two houses, lawnmower well, climbing fire. over it. Fiends, fiends next door. Oh my god, that's so good. That's fiends so good. Oh, I want so, to see this movie yes. now. Yes. Can you recap it for us? Oh yes. Well, it fiends next door follows uh, next door neighbors Michael and Arnold, and they live in a world where it seems like everyone has an imp. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Just at birth, that's part of them, and the guides their uh, choices. And, yep. Uh, after a dispute over some money and a lawnmower, uh, things get out of hand. And uh, which one hires the guy? <laughs> Michael. Michael uh, hires uh, Michael to Michael get revenge for the lawnmower. Somebody played by Steve Buscemi to um, to uh, rough him up a bit for the lawnmower debacle, and uh, <laughs> he accidentally uh, murders uh, Arnold Imp. Arnold Imp, which. Uh, then Arnold kidnaps <laughs> Michael's imp. Or no, yes. Yep. To kidnap it, right? No, no, he kidnaps it. He kidnaps it because he's right next door. Because he's right next door, and then yeah, yeah, he hires Steve Buscemi when it turns into a cocoon, oh, right. and he but freaks out. The, when the imp is separated from its owner, um, it goes into a cocoon, yeah. and he's like, "All right, well, this isn't doing me any good." Um, so he goes back to. He's going back to Steve and Shimmy. He's like, hey, I, I know you broke my house. My but I need your help. <laughs> or he doesn't know that it's 
Like yeah, he, he had he a he doesn't recognize that as Steve Buscemi. Yeah. Oh, sure, yeah. That's that's better. And Steve Buscemi feels guilty about it and agrees to help. Yeah. Or he just needs some money. Thing. He's like, sure. <laughs> or just needs some money, yeah. yeah. And then meanwhile, Michael? Michael. Is plotting No, he like he like goes after to... him, I think. To... Oh yeah, he just loses it. And... Well, no, so he it takes him a while to realize that oh, it's right. Arnold who stole him. And so and so then he when he realizes it, he, he sneaks into right. the house. He loses it and is trying to get his back. Yeah. Yeah. Um and and Steve Buscemi figures out what the cocoon means and he yeah, rushes yeah, over he there. Does, he, we we just see him in a in a, in a public library. Pouring <laughs> 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 over books and seeing that the the, the, the some some That's iconography it. about <laughs> moths and eggs. And moon. Oh my yeah. god! <laughs> and then he, he rushes uh, over, but and, of course, and, uh, witnesses a harpoon fall on Arnold. No, right on Steve Buscemi. Oh yeah, it's him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we so can't say. Yeah. And then Michael, as as that happens, Michael and Arnold are grappling with each other. And yeah, well, I think they, I think they stop when Steve Buscemi gets impaled. Steve yeah. Buscemi dies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he dies. And then when that happens, the egg is the cocoon is also hatching. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. Cool. And then up and the then uh, yeah. final shot. Yeah. This is like it hatches such into a moth movie. and flies up to the moon. Yeah, it's like it's so Gus, somber. If you, and if you draw this also poster, have some funny parts. Mm-hmm. We will a hundred percent put it up somewhere. <laughs> okay. Somewhere. I can take a yes. Crack at it. <laughs> that would be so good. Please do. Well, thank. You. Yeah. Well, awesome. That's that's that episode of the Story Brigade. That it started in such a complicated state. I had no idea where we were going with that, but this turned into one of my favorites. Yeah, that I think we've ever done. Got a lot to think about. Yeah. Poor Michael and Arnold. Revenge begets revenge. Yeah. Well, Gus, thank you so much for hopping on yeah, this episode. Yes, thank you for having me. And, uh, no, of course. And uh, we'll see everyone else on the, or hear everyone else on the next episode yeah. of, of Tune Story in Brigade. next time for uh, whoever else. <laughs> Tune in next time. You guys, are you guys on social? <laughs> you plug your socials at the end? What kind of podcast is this? Uh, do you want to plug we, your socials? We, yeah, yeah. You you plug your social. We're not or your movies that are kind of not done. Oh, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. a filmmaker. Uh, my name is Gus Payway. That's P E W E. Both the E's have uh, the accent mark, like Beyonce. Yes. <laughs> um, so where where can people? It's all on uh, Vimeo. Go see your I've got some trash on YouTube. Um, fantastic and, uh, it's all really good most, everyone should go see I it I think all my handles are just at Gus Payway okay. <laughs> perfect um, we'll, we'll include a link in the yeah. description and of the episode as well to today's sponsor, uh, for people Ukraine, to, for, to uh, use <laughs> promo code brigade <laughs> to get 5% off your loot code <laughs> <laughs> heard it here first <laughs> yep I'll, uh, I'll make sure that, that oh, you goes through the crate before we before we publish this. Okay, yeah, yeah. Thank, thank you. Yeah, we're 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 waiting. We're waiting on someone to yeah. uh, to to confirm that. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Because <laughs> this is coming out well, tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, 
thanks for uh, thanks for hopping on, and to everyone else, we'll yeah, talk take to you care, brigaders. Thank you so much for Thank joining so us for, joining for the, the episode. Uh, it was a pleasure having the, you the around. The episode you just listened to is my favorite episode. So, uh, <laughs> and he doesn't say that. Every I don't. Time. I don't say that every time either. It's, yeah. uh, it's and we so also true. don't say every time that Anchor Podcast is the the organization that lets us mm-hmm. or platform or whatever that lets us do this. Makes it super cool. Yep. Makes it super easy. Just check them out. It enables us to have fun making up movies, and uh, and hopefully you're having second. fun too. Exactly. Hopefully you're getting mm-hmm. something from this. A little bit of fun. Mm-hmm. A little bit of love. From yep. from us to you, this this wacky movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, if you know, if if you feel like it, feel free to leave us a review or like, yeah. subscribe, whatever those things are. Um, yeah, we appreciate it. Leave a comment, text yeah, us. Yeah, leave us a comment. Say you like Throw it. Throw us a, a new genre if you want us to. If yeah, you wanna, if you totally. want us to put that on the spin wheel. Uh, and then totally. until then, we'll uh, we'll talk to you next time. Peace. Stay kind. Stay kind. Rewind. Rewind. <laughs> <laughs>